welcome to the Jewelry Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about fine jewelry in a simple way and break away from the norms and traditions that have shaped an industry that otherwise is very tainted by rules and traditions. When you work with fine jewelry, like I do, you quickly become aware that the bread and butter of our industry is wedding and engagement rings. It is hard to run a grocery store and not sell milk, bread and coffee. And for us, it is the same when it comes to wedding and engagement rings. At the same time, the history and tradition of wedding and engagement rings is a pretty grimy and unequal one that no one really likes to talk about. It is also a purchase associated with quite a lot of anxiety, pressure and expectations. Like the notion that you have to wear the same ring your entire life. Or do you really? My name is Cecilia. And not only am I the host and initiator of this podcast, I am also the designer of the fine jewelry brand Mumbai Stockholm that I founded in a hotel room in India in 2014. I noticed quite quickly, almost quicker than you can say champagne diamond, that the gemstone and fine jewelry industry is possibly the most antiquated, tradition-bound and backwards-driving in the world. And I have decided to change that. So... About weddings and engagement rings. If you want to survive in this business, it is a product you just have to embrace and come to terms with, in one way or another. And this is how I have addressed the pink diamond elephant in the room. I thought I'd share my thoughts on the subject in this episode. Hopefully you will agree with me that it is nice to do a fresh take on an old-fashioned and frankly quite boring subject. But we have to start with a little bit of a history lesson. And listen closely, because it is really quite a funny story. Why do we actually wear wedding bands and engagement rings? Anthropologists actually believe that the tradition of wearing wedding rings stems from ancient Roman custom, where the wives wear rings with attached keys. This was to signify the husband's ownership of the wife. I told you it wasn't all pretty. Fast forward to the 1500s, when Archduke Maximilian of Austria had the very first diamond ring commissioned for his bride Maria. And this started a trend amongst the wealthy to present their betrothed with diamonds. It is also in the 1500s that the tradition of wearing two rings, a wedding and an engagement ring, arise. Back then you had rings that consisted of two interconnected loops. And when a man and a woman, yes, back then it was always a man and a woman, got engaged, the two rings were separated to be worn one each by the couple. Then, after the wedding ceremony, you reconnected the rings that were then both worn by the wife. And Martin Luther and his wife Catherine von Bora actually wore this exact type of rings when they were wed in 1525. But how did we get from that to today when the ultimate symbol of an engagement ring is a big white solitaire diamond? Well, Engagement rings were actually quite unusual amongst commoners until the end of the 19th century. But since then, they have become increasingly popular. During the wars in the 20s and 30s, the designs of course became more modest, with simpler designs and smaller stones. But the defining moment in the history of engagement rings came in the end of the 1940s, when World War II had finally ended and a hope for the the future returned. The diamond cartel De Beers launched a marketing campaign that became such a massive success that it still affects us today. 
they launched the slogan, a diamond is forever, to persuade customers that a diamond is the ultimate and only acceptable symbol of eternal love and marriage. It proved to be a very smart move from the company that was founded in 1888 and owned what was at the time one of the largest diamond mines in the world. Up until the 2000s, the company still almost had a monopoly of the world's diamonds, controlling 85% of the supply. It is even so that the company withheld diamonds from the market, limiting the supply to keep prices up, or occasionally increasing the supply to prevent prices from skyrocketing in a stronger market with higher demand. Still today, you can argue that De Beers created one of the world's most successful monopolies and for a long time regulated the price of diamonds. So with all that in mind, does that white diamond solitaire still seem like the obvious choice for an engagement ring? Didn't think so. Though I will say this, diamonds are special. They are formed deep down in the earth during billions, yes billions, most diamonds are between 1 billion and 3.5 billion years old. It is among the hardest materials in existence that we know of, And no other material reflects light quite as radiantly as diamonds. We will learn more about diamonds and their specific properties in a later episode. But the notion that your engagement ring has to look in a certain way because of one admittedly pretty clever ad campaign by a diamond cartel seems a bit outdated now, right? Then the next thing. You might have heard that the man is supposed to spend a specific percentage of his yearly salary on the engagement ring. That is also from the De Beers marketing campaign. They said that the men should spend roughly one month's wage before taxes on an engagement ring for their future wives. That grew to two monthly wages during the 1980s. And today we are up to three month salaries as a rule of thumb. And a surprising amount of people still adhere to it. I mean, if you hadn't realized it before, the world of fine jewelry is in many ways extremely old fashioned and has been ruled by a few large actors. Today it is estimated that De Beers is controlling around 25% of the world diamond market, and they have probably influenced even your view on who is allowed to wear a ring, but also how that ring is supposed to look, especially when it comes to wedding and engagement rings. There are still so many girls out there who wouldn't allow themselves to buy a diamond ring if it wasn't an engagement ring. We are noticing that many people get caught up in these unwritten rules and how things are supposed to be, making wearing fine jewelry into something much bigger than it actually is, which is wearing something just pretty and sparkling. And that is why we thought we'd bring it up early in the podcast, already now in episode three. Hopefully listening to this episode or the podcast in general will make you feel more at ease wearing jewelry yourself. Feel free to pick the rings you like and possibly even that you, who don't want to get engaged or married, change how you want your jewelry collection to look. I cannot talk about this subject without mentioning my colleague Halina. Before she started working as a personal jewelry shopper at Mumbai, she was a store manager for Motion, a super inspiring Brooklyn-based jeweler brand. Motion is quite well known, much thanks to its Instagram account, where they share videos of their beautiful, unique clusterings with unique gemstones that they designed together with customers from all over the world. During her years in New York, she both managed to meet the man of her dreams, serving him coffee at the coffee shop she worked at before she joined Motion. She also found 
the time to work as a dog walker for, amongst others, the famous Swedish hockey player Henke Lundqvist. And when I met Halina, the year before she moved back to Sweden, when she had helped Motion become the super hip and modern brand it is today, she wore seven engagement and wedding rings on her left ring finger. It was a mix of thinner and wider rings, some with multiple stones, some with just a few. They were different types of cuts, different sizes, and were set in different types of settings. All rings were red gold, or yellow gold as it is commonly referred to. The color scheme of white and black was achieved through a cool mix of white and black diamonds. And I remember thinking her finger was a masterclass in how to build the perfect ring stack. Some rings had a round band, some bands were more square. All rings were unique in themselves, but together they formed a perfect harmony. Fun fact, Helena is actually a trained vocal coach. One big, beautiful ring, it looked like. Since then, she has added more rings to her collection. For example, a diamond solitaire created in our studio. She doesn't always wear all rings. Sometimes she just wears one or two. And sometimes she wears them all, showing that there is no such thing as too much of a good thing, especially not if that thing is diamonds. I have thought of this, and the way I see it is that the symbol of love might be the finger rather than the ring. The rings she wears on her left finger represent her family, her husband and daughter. She will change the rings, but when she wears rings on that finger, it symbolizes them. No matter how the ring looks, how many there are, or which exact ring it is. And that is sort of how I look at it. I don't know why, but I never imagined myself getting married or even engaged. I never dreamt about it, which might seem ironic given that what I do for a living now. On the other hand, it might be a good thing because it allows me to keep a distance to it all. But I do play with the thought of wearing a ring that symbolizes my boyfriend. I was single for six years before I met him. And back then I always wore rings on my left ring finger. I mean, I wore rings on all fingers. On the other hand, I often felt that I wanted a power ring on that particular finger. But that was more for me. I liked wearing a big stack or an eye-catching ring with a cool gemstone. Both because I thought it was cool breaking the norm. I thought people who saw me and thought I was engaged or even married would become inspired to think outside the box when it came to their own wedding and engagement rings. And also because I wanted to boost my own confidence in that I was a strong woman who didn't need no man to be whole. As I said, now that I have a boyfriend, I play with the thought of having a ring that symbolizes him and wearing it on my left ring finger. It maybe is a way of wearing the legacy of the industry I have devoted my life to and honor all the couples out there who wear love rings, but at the same time doing it my way. But how would this ring look? When I designed my own power rings, I always chose light and bright happy colors. They are the ones I am naturally drawn to. Light champagne, yellow, pink, white. But I do also have a dark green tourmaline ring at home that I made a couple of years ago when I fell totally in love with the stone. Getting back to my boyfriend. When I think of him, I can't help but think that the ring would have to have some black element. He is a guy who loves rock music and cars. He likes to come home from the garage all dirty. And the very first Valentine's we celebrated together, we'd been dating for two months, I got a pair of black work pants from a hardware store. So yes, the ring definitely needs something black to symbolize him. 
But I also want something eye-catching, something extra, because it should symbolize him coming into my life, giving it that extra dimension. My life was great before him, and I had learned to make myself happy. I mean, Mumbai has made me very happy. But then he came along and added the cherry on top, or multiple cherries, actually. He added laughter and helped me fix things, which made my life easier. He appreciated when I cooked, which increased my interest in food even more. He made me work less. And he made my life a bit more relaxed and a lot more fun. All those cherries I would like to celebrate with a ring. And thinking of the ring, I would want to wear for him. Think like an engagement ring without the engagement. I envision a big black diamond in a rectangular cut. Because I think it's a beautiful cut and I want to take the opportunity when I pick a stone that doesn't sparkle, as black diamonds don't sparkle. But then I want to surround it with a halo of small white diamonds that are allowed to sparkle a lot because the brilliant diamonds do sparkle a lot. It is the light around him, the light I got to be a part of. And this will be a simple, kind of vintage-inspired but special ring that makes me think of him and our relationship every time I look at my left finger. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Now, if I were to overthink it, which many of us are experts at, then perhaps I would start to ask questions like, will I want to wear this ring in 10 years, in 20 years? And this is where I want to give you the advice to do an Elsa with all those thoughts. And just let it go. Let it go. You are living now. So pick a ring that represents your relationship now whether it is your relationship with yourself or your partner. I even have a friend who regrets getting engaged so young because they didn't have that much money then and she couldn't get the rings she dreamed of. I say the opposite. How cool is it that you found the love of your life early? Celebrate with another ring now on your 10th anniversary. Who knows what happens to your taste or even with the world in even the next five years? Imagine if you had to decide today which winter jacket to wear for the coming 20 years. It's impossible. Or you go for the absolute most safe choice out there, which is something that will never be out of fashion. And that is when we end up where we are with weddings and engagement rings today. I dare to guess that 80% or more of the wedding and engagement rings sold today are a solitaire white diamond of a reasonable size. In Sweden, that seems to be around 0.5 carat, abroad maybe one carat, in a simple design, matched with a thin eternity or half eternity band. It's like the trench coat of the ring world. Classic, beautiful, and will never go out of style. But is it right for you? Only you can decide that. But I hope that you in this episode got some inspirations to think out of the box especially if you are one of those hesitating and don't even want a wedding engagement ring. Let the finger be the symbol of your love, but change the rings. You might even want to add rings as your love grows and enters new phases. Why not celebrate that you kept your New Year's resolution of going vegetarian with a ring with a green gemstone? And if you are right now in a relationship with yourself, why not wear a ring on your left ring finger to symbolize that? We meet girls who just got out of relationships that weren't healthy, who come to the showroom with their old wedding rings in a box to get new power rings to symbolize their new focus in life, finding themselves. And one more thing. Let go of the notion that the ring you wear has to be super expensive. Mix high and low. Rather, allocate a sum and buy multiple rings and wear a stack like Helena. 
It's also good to remember that there is a huge secondhand market for fine jewelry. Someone else will love the ring you are no longer using and are ready to leave behind. Many girls love the history of a pre-loved ring and to become part of that ring story. Yes, the goal of Mumbai Stockholm and this podcast is to simplify and make the world of fine jewelry and fine gemstones more accessible and to take away some of the pressure many feel in relation to the subject. I was set on addressing subjects that cause a lot of stress and anxiety for both men and women early on in the podcast, and wedding rings is one of them. I hope this episode has given you some perspective. Otherwise, we will all wear the same, albeit beautiful, trench coat rings with that reasonably sized white solitaire. It is right for many, but is it right for you? Dare to show your personality or your partner's personality. The thought, I have to wear this for the rest of my life, can cause even the most creative of souls to feel blocked. Live now. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you got to thinking after listening to the episode, I would love it if you shared your thoughts. So slide into my DMs, Jewelry Podcast or The Jewelry Designer on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. This is the podcast where we talk about fine jewelry in a simple way. The podcast is now available on all major podcast platforms and you can follow us where it suits you. And don't forget, you deserve fine jewelry. Thank you.